Excited to be here. Thank you for your introduction. Reverend Nosh, God bless you so much. And your lovely wife, Elaine, as well. Thank you so much. This is the man who called me first and said, You must come to New York. He was, he was able to convince me and change my, my, my program. Thank God so much for being here, friend of mine. God bless you, Dr. Noah. God bless you. And also your pastor, Pastor Nat. Pastor Nat, I've known him for many years. He's a man of God. He loves God. He loves the word of God. You know, his love for the word of God is very strong. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. But before you can even keep it, you must know it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he is somebody who loves the word of God so much. And for me, it's a sign for his love for the Lord himself. Could you ask God for this tonight? Wonderful. I also came with Reverend Kofi Asante, he is my lay president. He's at the back there somewhere. I flew all the way from Ghana. I came with him. And uh, Pastor Michael also joined us here. Pastor Michael, God bless you. And I want to salute all the pastors. God bless you. And uh, we salute the apostle himself, of course. Apostle Joel. 
I was speaking to him yesterday. He told me he might be here tonight. So you never know. Maybe he will just walk in somewhere along the line. But that's what he said to me. So we thank God for his leadership and for what God is using him here for. And of course, when I was coming here, I was on the same plane with the prophet himself, Bishop Dag. I was with him the day before we flew. I was with him in his house. Then the following day, we were at the airport, and then we flew on the same plane, and we parted in London. And he went to Philippines, and I came here. He sends us love. Great man of God. My spiritual father. The one who led me to Christ when I was 18 years old. And the one who has trained me all these years till now. So I owe him a lot. So we thank God so much for his life. Are you ready tonight? We'll not keep too long, but God will be here. Why don't you lift up your two hands and thank the Lord for tonight? Just thank the Lord for tonight. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. Ask him to minister to you. Ask him to manifest himself to you. Ask him. Ask him. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you too much for today. We pray for your presence to be with us. I pray have mercy on me and fill me with your spirit. Let the wine of the Spirit fill this vessel. Make me a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. I curse every work of the enemy. I bind every satanic power, spirit, weapon. I destroy in Jesus' name. I pray for the glory of God to fill this house. Your word says the house was filled with smoke and the post of the door moved. Today I pray that the house will fill with the smoke of your glory and then the post of this door will shake. And as I said, and then I heard the voice of the Lord. I pray that tonight we hear your voice. Give me the tongue of the learner to be able to speak a words in season to him that is weary. We pray, O oh Lord, for spiritual understanding and grant us the supernatural gift of faith that we may receive the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. We pray for angels to join us. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus. We come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Oh Lord Jesus, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Crucify this flesh. Let the life I lead, let it be by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I pray for the spirit of boldness. Fill me with boldness that I may declare the mysteries of the gospel. Let the wind of the spirit begin to blow and carry us by your will to where you want us to be. Oh, we pray for angels to join us. Join us. Let them minister to us. We pray, God, let the curtain and the veil be taken away 
and may, may we be able to look into spiritual things with open faces beholding us in a glass the glory of the Lord let us be changed into the same image for glory to glory who can stand against the Lord no one can no stand against the king. No one can, no one can. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to me. Say a quick hello. Put it on your left and right and say hello. Amen. I bring you greetings from the Morning Star Cathedral in Sakumono. We are very happy to be here. As Prophet said, we are very close to Dr. Norse. Reverend at LPL um, Elaine. So it's like we've come home. And we feel so much at home here. And I believe that God will touch every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. That's powerful. You may be seated. 
When I'm with my wife, my anointing doubles. If you don't stop shouting, we won't finish now. Because Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, it says two are better than one. They have a good reward for their labor. In economics, it's called the law of increasing returns. And business is a law of synergy. So I believe that tonight is going to be a wonderful night. Before I preach, I want to introduce some books to you. This is a book I wrote some time ago, Squatters. Powerful book. You know, reading is very important. Revelations 1 3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth. You can only tell, always tell the level of blessing in a place by the number of books present. There's a village in Ghana it's called Tikobo Number Two. There are more books in New York than Tikobo Number Two. So there are more blessings in New York than Tikobo Number Two. So you can even look at a town and ask, how many books are here? The number of books will tell you the level of In the same way, the number of books an individual has also shows the level of blessing that that individual has. Ask your neighbor, by the way, how many books do you have? Or you have donut and cook. So the number of books is critical. That's why it says, blessed is he that readeth. This book will change your life, squatters. Make sure you buy one. Unfortunately, the people where we went, they bought all the books. But all you need to do is to just write your name and pay for it. And this, just this week, it will be shipped right here from America to you. Are you understanding me? We are just left with only five books. Is that not so? Twelve books. The twelve disciples. But just write your name and um, pay for it and you will get it just this week. Because we're going to ship right from here. Then this one is called Rules of Engagement. It talks about prayer. Prayer is very, very important. Actually, this book talks about working with God. If you want to have a very powerful prayer life, the master key is your relationship with God. Yeah. That's why when you love somebody and it's Valentine's Day, you can buy the person an iPhone. But your teacher in the class you won't even buy toffee for the person. Because people give based on relationships. Yep. So relationship is key. So your relationship with God, the depth of your relationship with God, will determine how quickly God answers your prayer. Very important. If you then being evil, look at 1113, know how to give good gifts unto your children. He didn't say church members. He said children. How much more shall your heavenly father, and the word is father, give the Holy Spirit? So even the Holy Spirit, when before it's given to you, or the level at which you know the Holy Spirit, is based on relationship. If you are a child, that's a father-son-daughter relationship. So even to know the Holy Spirit very well, it's not your service per se that makes you know the Holy Spirit very well. He didn't say he will give the Holy Spirit to the ashes. He said he will give them to his children. 
it describes a relationship. That's why when a man dies, he doesn't leave his property to his workers. He leaves it for his children. That's why when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says, Luke 3, 22, it says, The Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and there came a voice from heaven which said, This is my beloved son. It didn't say this is the beloved prayer warrior. He said, the son. He said, this one is a father-son relationship. And there are other people who went for the prayer meeting. Do you know how God called them? Luke 3, 21, God said, when all the people were baptized, he called them people. (laughs) The people. They are in their masses. And he called Jesus son. And you know how Jesus he was anointed even before he prayed. You know, one thing that worries me is that a lot of the people in the Bible, they became anointed before they prayed. Yes, take someone like Moses. Moses was not on a 40-day fast when he was anointed. He was, he was doing his work in his office. The office of looking after sheep. That was when he became anointed. He wasn't praying. He wasn't fasting. He was doing his work. Same for Jesus. Jesus became anointed before the 40 day fast. After that, that's when he actually went to fast and pray. But the Holy Ghost came upon him. Because when he went to the temple and made the announcement in Luke 4, 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. He hadn't even started the fast. He said, I'm heavily anointed. So I asked myself, where did he get it from? Simple sonship relationship. God said, I'm anointing him not because he fasted or he prayed. Fasting and prayer is important, but he said, I'm anointing him because he's my son. So it will change your life. This one is a title revealed a masking familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are very dangerous, they look like the Holy Spirit, and they can impersonate people. You can dream and see somebody you think is your mother. It's not your mother. It's a familiar spirit. Oh, yeah. So they are very, 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 very dangerous because they can take on the image of other people. That's what makes them dangerous. This one also changed your life. This energy drink, if you don't want to read for too long, it's just one page, one page of short, 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 powerful teachings. By the time you reach the end, you are asleep already. That is, if you don't like reading for too long, this one will bless you. Then, yes, two different types. But when we close, make sure you buy it, write your name, and this week you get it. Amen. Amen. Then, of course, ah, uh, you can also order a message. There's a catalog available by WhatsApp at the desk. They can give it to you. You can order straight away. Take it to me. Today, no, I read a new book. It's titled The Invitation, and I've been on a crusade on this invitation because I believe it's a very, 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 very important subject that Christians have to understand. Very important. So I will share shortly on this book, Invitation, but unfortunately, the spiritual Taliban's where we went, they've collected everything. <laughs> but it's available when we close. <laughs> Just order it. And this book, Invitation, talks about the call of God. The call of God. And um, so tonight, I just want to share on the invitation, the call of God. And the reason why the subject is important to me now is that 
I believe that not many people have a comprehensive understanding about the call of God. I believe sometimes you can do something in segments or in sections, but sometimes you don't really have a real comprehensive understanding. And so I just want to share on that. Khalil, who has been playing with my son, is a person for me. The sound was fine till somebody touched it. Can he get back to his original um, place where it was? All people who control sound think sometimes they want to do something. So you'll be preaching before you realize, boom, something has happened. Hello? Are we okay now? I think if you can decide to leave it now until something very bad happens. But until something bad happens, let's leave it this way. Is that okay? Yeah. Tell your neighbor you're going to experience a miracle. <laughs> Recently, I went to preach at the Kodesh. And when I was at the Kodesh preaching, there was a man who was fooling another man, not knowing he had been sent to assassinate him. And when the man entered the church, he also entered the church with the man. So I was preaching. Then after my preaching, the man who had been sent to assassinate him, he wrote a letter and sent it to somebody to bring it to me. So I read the letter. He said to me, Pastor, I had been following, I had been following, I was following somebody I was supposed to kill. And this person entered the church. So I also entered the church. But after your preaching, the Holy Ghost entered me. So he, and he wrote the man's name. He said, this is the man I'm supposed to kill. He wrote his name. And he said, but after the preaching, the Holy Ghost touched my heart. I am a transformer. I have decided that I won't kill the man again. I repent and I give my life to Jesus. So God's word is powerful. If it can change a murderer, Within just one session, you can imagine what it can do to your husband and your wife and your children. Hallelujah. So tonight, I want you to be expectant and believe that God is going to do something wonderful in your life. Who wants a miracle tonight? You are about to experience one. I see some people standing. Why do you come and sit somewhere here? Are there chairs? I think you can put some chairs here. Let them come and sit here. It will be better they sit here. Before we, we take off properly. Just put the chairs here because I can see space on my left. Let them sit down. The first shall be the last. And the last shall be the first. Oh, the chairs are finished. Two seats.
one more seat. That's it. So the rest, what would they do? They will stand. Okay. You don't have any more chairs, right? Good to go. Powerful. So I said I'll be sharing on invitation. It's also titled A Call of God. You know, every field in this world has its own terminology and words. So if you want to operate in that field, there are some keywords and terminologies that you must understand. For example, when you come to the medical field, they have their own words that they use. When you have back pain, Sometimes they call it spondylosis. But when you are a lay person, you will not understand what spondylosis means. It's only known to doctors. In the same way, when you come to architecture, there are words that are unique to architecture. For example, in architecture, we don't say windows, we say fenestration. We don't say pillar, we say a column. So when you're talking to somebody and he says windows or pillar, you know that this person is not an architect because of the terminology that the person will use. Also, when you come to the field of computing, it's the same. We've got some terminology. When we say a mouse, you may think a literal mouse is running along the floor. But that word mouse is also peculiar to the field of computing and iCloud and apps and whatever and files and bytes and gigabytes. They're all peculiar to the field. In the same way, when you come to the spiritual realm, you come to the Bible too. The Bible also has technical words that are peculiar to the scripture and the spirit realm. And so, if you want to be a good student of God's word, one thing you must do is that you must understand the technical words. Because if you don't understand the technical words, when you read the Bible, you realize that they keep on reoccurring. But because you don't understand them, your understanding still remains shallow because you don't understand the technical words. One of the technical words in the Bible is the call of God. The call of God. The Bible is littered with that word, the call. The question is, that word call, what does it mean? It just means to be invited. That's all that it means. It means to be invited or it means an invitation. You know, one day somebody invited me to a wedding. And that wedding, I received seven invitation cards for one wedding. When I received the invitation cards, I was wondering, why so many invitation cards? So I started going through the invitation cards. It came in a very big envelope. Then I realized there were several invitations. There was one for a cocktail. There was one for an engagement. There was one for a dinner. There was one for other purposes. And it spanned about three or four days. And, but the one I liked most was an invitation to a photo shoot. In this wedding, you have to be invited for a photo shoot. 
I said, wow, what a wedding. But it was, it was, it was a great wedding because even the person who officiated the wedding and preached at the wedding was T.D. Jakes. He was the preacher at the wedding, yes. And I remember I was sitting right behind T.D. Jakes on the stage. And next to me on my right was Paula White. And yeah, it was a very serious wedding. Then, seven invitation cards. Not the type of invitation cards that you make when you are going to get married. One invitation card. Susan marries Frank. When you marry me, you have seven invitation cards. The interesting thing about all these seven invitation cards was that although the invitation cards were for different activities and different events, they all had one purpose. The purpose was two people were getting married. So every invitation has a purpose. So if you're walking by the roadside and somebody calls you, the question is, why is he calling you? So when we say the call of God, the most important answer question is, why is God calling you? What most people don't realize is that when we say the call of God, there are many invitations from God. Not just one, but many. The one that most Christians are familiar with are the invitation, sorry, is a call to the ministry. But there are more than one calls. There are many. Actually, there are about seven major calls. And all these calls, they have one particular purpose. It will surprise you to know that the ultimate purpose of the call of God is not to preach. That is not the ultimate purpose of the call of God. In my wedding invitation, there was an invitation for a photo shoot. But the ultimate purpose of that event was not the photo shoot. Although I received an invitation to a photo shoot, the ultimate purpose was to attend the marriage of two people. So the question is, what is the ultimate purpose of the call of God? Why is God calling you? Romans 8.28 has an answer. It is, we know that all things work together for good to them, number one, that love God and are called or are invited to his purpose. Purpose means plan. In other words, God is calling you or inviting you to follow a plan. What plan is this? 29. Whom he did foreknow, foreknow means to know in advance. He also did predestinate. Predestinate means to arrange in advance. Then it talks about the, the plan to be conformed to the image of his son. The word conformed, it means that to be shaped and changed into something else. So the Bible says that the purpose of the call of God is that he has a plan. And the plan is that he wants you to look like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of his son. 
That is why God is calling you. The ultimate purpose of the call of God is to look like Jesus. You can be something and not know why you are even there. For example, you can be married and not know why you are even married. You know, there are the, I'll give you the first two reasons why God created man. He created marriage. Is that it is not good for a man to be alone. One of the main reasons why God created marriage was companionship. God didn't need a prayer warrior. Because already God was with Adam. Adam was God's friend. He knew everything about God. So what God was trying to provide was companionship for Adam. That's one of the main reasons why God created marriage. But do you know that you can be married and not be a friend of your spouse? You are lying by a stranger. James Bond, 007. You don't know where he's coming. You don't know where he's going. He's like the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it listed. You don't know where it is coming. You don't know where it is going. You know very little about the person you are lying by. You don't even chat with the person. You don't talk to the person. You don't spend time with the person. You see, you are married. But you don't know the reason why you are even married. So you can be in something and not know why you are there. Another reason is for sex. Genesis 1, 26, God blessed them. Listen, God blessed them and said, be fruitful. How can you be fruitful without sex? It is a major part of it. So here we are, it's in the night. Your husband touches you and said, I'm tired. Do you know why we got married? Maybe you have forgotten why we got married. So it's very easy to be in something and don't know why you are even there. When God created man, he wasn't trying to create preachers. When God created man, he wasn't trying to create apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It was never his intention. In Genesis 1.26 it says, let us make man in our image. He said, let's create somebody who looks like us. He wasn't trying to create a pastor. He said, I want to create somebody who looks just like me. And let them have dominion. Let me tell you something about power. You want the power of God? Just look like Jesus and you will have dominion. 
God said, let's create somebody who looks like us. Why? Because God wanted to fellowship with Adam. Fellowship. So they used to talk. Genesis 3.8, it says they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God in the midst of the garden. So they used to fellowship. But you see, to fellowship with somebody, there must be some level of commonality. That is why all birds are friends. All fishes are friends. Why? Because they look alike. All sheep are friends. One sheep is passing, and I say, man, it's a man, it's good morning. <laughs> they are friends. When another chicken, I place another chicken, they're excited. They say, how are you? They are related. But you will never see a lizard moving with a chicken. He said, this is my best friend. No. Why? Because they have a different image. So God created man in his own image for fellowship. So he used to fellowship with Adam. That is why rich people move together. Poor people also move together. The other day I saw Bill Gates in Nigeria. I saw him at the wedding reception. It was the wedding reception of Aliko Dangote. I think he's the 10th richest man in the world. And the richest African. And Bill Gates was there at the reception. Having a drink. Why is he not coming for your reception? Because billionaires work with billionaires. So when God created Adam... He had no intention of creating a pastor. He just wanted to create somebody who looks like him. So that he can fellowship with him. That's why 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, it says, This then is the message we have heard of him. God is light. And it's true. When you see God, he's actually light. I remember the first time I saw Jesus. I saw a human form. I saw like a human being in the form of light. And I remember I asked him, How, why do you shine so much? And he said to me, that is the color of holiness. He said, holiness emits light. So human beings are made out of flesh, but God is made out of holiness. And it is that holiness that produces that light. At midday, O Cain, Paul said in Acts 26, verse 12, I saw in the way a light. And Paul asked that light, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus. The light said, I am Jesus. 
So it says, God is light. First John 1, 5. In him is no darkness or sin at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. In other words, to fellowship with God, you must carry his image. But when Adam sinned, he changed. Then Romans chapter 3 verse 23 came into being. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory or the image of God. Man changed. Genesis 3, 9, the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Adam, where art thou? And he said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Genesis 3.10. He said, I was afraid. Why was he naked? He had lost the image of God. The glory of God had disappeared. Verse 11, God said, who told you that you were naked? Ask your neighbor, who told you? That you won't get a beloved. Me, I don't know. I'm around 34 and I am older than everybody in the church. Hey! Who told you? Recently, I prayed for 30 women. The woman had not had a child. She was married for 13 years, no child. Doctor said, you will not have a child. She said to me, doctor said, I will not have a child. I said, who told you? He said, the doctor. I said, today, God will prove that your doctor is a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. For with God, all things are possible. Ask your neighbor, who told you? Who told you you cannot be healed? Who told you you will not get married? Who told you you are going to broke all your life? Who told you that God will not use you? Who told you that you are not nice? Who told you that you cannot come out of debt? Who told you? Ask your neighbor, where did you get this information from? So the Bible says that Adam changed. So because of that, God couldn't fellowship with him again. And he drove him out of the garden. And it will surprise you that from creation to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, even there was no church. The church came in the time of Moses. For hundreds of years. It was just men fellowshipping with God. 
Then God put in place a plan to take man back to his original design. And in the plan, he designed a series of invitation cards. Like the ones I received. Several. But leading to only one thing. Two people are getting married. Several invitations. But one purpose. So God said, let's make a plan. We are going to send man a series of invitations. What we call the call. And as he responds to these invitations, incrementally, gradually, over time, he will be changing. And by the time he dies, he would have changed 100% back into my image. So God sends the first invitation card is called the call to salvation. I remember when I came born again. I was in my house when the prophet Bishop Da came to my house to visit my sister. At that time, they were beloveds. He gave me his car to go and wash. I was an unbeliever. Immediately, I went to town with the car. Because I had some rounds to do. And I didn't have a car. When I came back, the following day, in the morning, he called me, spoke to me. He said, I think you must give your life to Jesus. On that day, God used him to give me the first invitation card. After that time, I had heard the word of God over and over again, and I never gave my life to Jesus. Because I was a happy unbeliever. You know, sometimes unbelievers don't understand why you say they must give their life to Jesus. Because they're happy. <laughs> so I want to share a testimony. You know, when I was in the world, I was never happy. And when I came to Jesus, now I am happy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the disco you went to, but the one I went... <laughs> It was jamming. It was rocking. So I remember my sister told me, Give your life to Jesus. I said, What? For what? As I'm enjoying myself. But you know, there's a caveat. The pleasures of sin, they are just for a season. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Chosen rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And it's true. Very true. There are many times, but it doesn't last for a short while. Then afterwards, trouble. Hala. 
God had been calling me. I said, no, I'll give my life to Jesus. Remember what Proverbs 124. God said, because I have called, that's a call of God, and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. You have set at not all my counsel, and will have none of my, my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. So, you know, God was calling me, but I never responded. But on that day, I said, no. Today, I have to give my life to Jesus. I responded to 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. He said, eternal life is a calling. So I gave my life to Jesus. I remember those days when I wear shoes, I don't wear socks. I don't know why. But the following Sunday, I was going to church. I wore socks for the first time. With my shoe. Do you know what was happening? I was changing. It wasn't a big change, but at least it's a change. I told my friends, I'm born again. They said, no, no, no. <laughs> we are sure there are girls in the church. That's why you say you are born again. <laughs> Wouldn't believe it. Changing. So at that point, you know, you started changing, but it's not complete. It's just the beginning. You used to fornicate five times a week. Now you are down to two. After giving your life to Jesus. At least it's a change. You used to drink hard liquor. But now you are into Guinness. They say it gives blood. So I to give you see, up to this time, it's only your toe that looks like Jesus' toe, but the whole body. There is something wrong. You are still hanging around with your unbeliever friends. You are changing, but you have not changed properly. But you see, the change has started. Hanging around with your old boyfriend still. Ah. He said, the way I love us, Colombo. I don't think I can love anybody like that. How? He calls you on the phone and says, the Susan. I've been dreaming about you. Anytime I'm with you, Susan, I feel like I'm back in my mother's womb. I feel so safe, so loved, so secure. There's an Oscar.
You don't look 100% like Jesus, but you are starting to change. Then you receive your next invitation. It is called the call to be a saint. Because of the Catholic Church, when we say saint, your mind goes to dead bodies. Some old people who died years ago. When they say Saint Michael, Saint Thomas, some old people, or some people that people go to the beach to go and pray and they come out from the middle of the sea. They say, This is a saint. But the word saint, it just means to be holy. It's from the word saint, we have the word sanctified, same thing. We have the word sanctification, it's the same thing. Saint. God calls you to be a saint. Ask your neighbor, tell your neighbor, saint, how are you? Saint, how are you? Ask the person, what is your name? Ask into saint to the name and call the person. From today, you are an official saint. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.1, Paul said, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ by the will of God, and sustains our brother to the church of God, which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. I'm here to meet somebody in the church. I say, what's your calling? He said, to be a saint. I've not met anybody like that yet. Called to be saved. With all them that in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. Paul said, the call to be a saint is compulsory. It's a core subject. It's not an elective. It says, once you call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are a saint. You have been called to be a saint. It says, in every place. So you become born again in Afghanistan, you have been called to be a saint. Born again in Congo, called to be a saint. Born again in America, called to be a saint. Born again at seven years old, called to be a saint. Born again at 100 years old, called to be a saint. A pastor, called to be a saint. In the choir, called to be a saint. A new convert, called to be a saint. The first two calls, they are the most important call. Call to be saved and the call to be a saint. You know, a lot of people don't know the difference they are calling. Yes. The reason why we don't see Christ manifested in many lives is because people have not responded to this call. The call to be a saint. That's the reason. 
The reason why marriages are breaking down is because people have not responded to this call. The call to be a saint. The reason why you can have Christian politicians but nothing changes is because they don't respond to this call. The call to be a saint. The reason why you can have people who are gifted and talented in the church but they live in sin is because they have not responded to this call. The call to be a saint. Because you can preach and not respond to this call. This call is a core subject. The call to the ministry is an elective. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some to be apostles. But this one he said, to everyone that calls upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere. There's an ours. If Christians will respond to this call, we will not have much money counseling. If Christians will respond to this call, there was a, 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 a pastor. He went to a church. He was praying, laying her, my friend. He told me, by the time I came back, somebody has picked my pocket from my back pocket. My wallet. His wallet was gone. As he was laying hands on the sick, they were laying hands on his wallet. Church members. His wallet was gone. You see, we don't even know that it's a call. If you go to Africa, a lot of people go to church, but the countries don't change. Why? They have not responded to the call to be a saint. That's why. Politicians have pastors. They go to church. They pray. But nothing happens. You can play the keyboard. You can sing. You can be in the choir. You can be a preacher. You can be an evangelist and not respond to the call to be a saint. As I see it, that is the reason why we can't feel the impact of Christianity. A failure to respond to this call. In Matthew 7 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then he said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? These were prophets. In other words, they have responded to the call to the ministry. Have we not cast out devils in your name? Last week, somebody sent me a picture of a church and the signboard and the name of the church. Do you know the name of the church? Run for your life ministry. (laughs) Run for your life. Run for your life ministry international. I don't know where it's the demons that are running or it's the members that are running. 
So maybe this guy started a deliverance ministry. Run for your life deliverance ministry. He was casting out devils. He said, we have done many wonderful works. Oh, they've built mega churches. Powerful meetings. Beautiful auditoriums. Huge offerings. Thousands of people. Number one gospel album of the year. Powerful voices being interviewed on CNN and Fox and whatever as the Christian artist of the year. Wonderful works. But Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You see, these people responded to the call to the ministry, but they did not respond to the call to be saved. As I see it, the charismatic church is in grave danger. Because we have belittled this call. We have belittled it. That is why you can have a wife who won't talk to the husband for two weeks. Yes. But she'll come for prayer meeting. Wonderful works. When you see her, say, the church members may be impressed, but God is not. Manipulating their wives. Emotionally. Neglecting them. Because they want to have their way. Beating them. But yes, they will preach. Oh yeah. They will go for witnesses. Luke 16, 15, he says, the things which are highly esteemed amongst men are abomination in the sight of God. What drove Adam out of the garden was the failure to be, to be, to be a saint. As for the work he was doing in the garden, the garden was first class. He was keeping the garden well. Beautiful. That's like the ministry. But the call to be a saint, he failed. God drove him out of the garden. One day, a gentleman came to see me. He said, Pastor, I am into fraud. I deceive people and collect their money. I have a friend. He deceived some people. He got a lot of money. Now I need you to pray for me so that I can also get somebody to deceive. That's his prayer topic. Leave your mobile phone on the seat. 
Sometimes before you come back, you'll find it again. But people will pray, people will sing, people will do everything. People will witness, they will do everything. But they're called to be a saint. No. As I see it, the charismatic church is in grave danger. Number three, they're called to suffer. First Peter 2.21 Even hereunto were you also called. Tell somebody you are also called. In case you didn't know, said this one is also a calling. <laughs> Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his footsteps. Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. When he was reviled, in other words, they insulted him, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But he committed himself to him who judges righteously. You know, if you don't respond to the call to suffer, you can never be a saint. Because to lead a holy life, you will suffer. I always tell my children, even today, my son sent me that my saying by WhatsApp. And he said to me, This is your saying. It's my most favorite saying. And do you know what that saying is? I always tell them. I said, out for suffering, you will suffer. <laughs> All you get to do is you choose the type of suffering and the time of the suffering. That's the only thing that you get to do. Because sometimes when they should go and learn when they're younger, they won't learn. And I will tell them, you can choose the suffering of learning or the suffering of working on a building site. <laughs> because as for suffering, you will suffer. <laughs> and I tell them, now you are living in my house. So at this time, maybe you won't suffer. But when I'm dead and gone, that is when the time for your suffering will come. So as for suffering, you will suffer. All you get to do is to choose the type of suffering and the time of the suffering. That's all you get to do. The call. You suffer. You are angry with your wife. So you say you won't eat the food. In the night, you say, I won't touch my wife for two weeks because I am angry. You see, you have two choices. Either you go through the suffering of an apology and say, I am sorry and make up and swallow your pride or be hungry. And in the night too, you feel an engine moving in your body. You want to move, but you have vowed that you move, so you have to keep yourself. So here you are hungry and cold. As for suffering, you will suffer. 
Which one will you choose? Will you choose to make up and apologize and bring peace? Or you will choose the suffering of hunger and sexual starvation? Which one will you choose? They who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. Lord, anything in life, if you want to do well, you have to suffer. To be a good student, you will suffer. To be a good pastor, you will suffer. The suffering I have suffered as a pastor. I have suffered from fasting. When I was younger, I was doing seven day fast, 14 day fast, 21 day fast. I attempted 40, I almost died. I said, This one is not my turn. It's for Moses and Jesus. It's not for me. To be a good wife, you will suffer. Your husband has said something. You feel the pain. He said the same thing five years ago. You can be a historian and say, I remember five years ago you said the same thing. Do you remember? Or you can choose to undergo the suffering and cause you Sarah. He said, oh honey, I'll miss you, baby. You will have to suffer to say that. Nowadays, we have church members. If you don't go and pick them, they won't come to church. Grown-up men of 50 years, they turn into kindergarten children on Sundays. You have to take them to school. Otherwise, they come with. Spiritual kindergarten. Suddenly on Sunday, grown men transform into babies. When church members come to church, they think they are doing with it. To come for choir rehearsal, you will suffer. I don't know. I'm leaving the choir. They like talking, 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 talking. Push your neighbor says you're calling. Do you think that when Jesus was on the cross, he was enjoying a bottle of Coke? He said, oh, Peter, the Coke is very nice. Bring me some meat pie. People leave church because they are angry. I came to church and the pastor was preaching and he was preaching about me. Who are you preaching about? We are preaching about you, of course. Who again? Who can we be preaching about? The goats or what? If you don't want to take this call to suffer, you can never be a good husband. 
can never be a good warrior. This call, you can be a prayer warrior, but if you don't take up this call, the call to suffer. No, 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 no. You can be a good Christian. All night you can't come because you are tired. Me, I don't know. I feel some bones, some pain in my bones. Christ suffered. One day, a guy, a certain gentleman was owing me some money. I paid his medical bills. He came to collect a loan from me. When he recovered, I saw him. He was a Christian. He was a Christian. I said to him, where is the money that you borrowed from me? He said, Pastor, God will do it. I gave him some time. I saw him again. I said, please, where's the money? He said, Pastor, I told you. Then I saw him the third time. I said, listen, where's my money? Do you know what he said? He said, Pastor, with God, all things are possible. I was thinking about it. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, forget about it. I could feel the pain. <laughs> my, my heart, I could feel the pain inside. He said, forget about the money. I said, forget. He said, yes, forget about the money. I, I could feel that I was suffering. So I saw him again. And I said, you know what? The money, forget about it. He said, I told you, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Something said I should slap him. But you see, I, I had to smile. But inside me, I was suffering. I was really suffering. But it's a call to suffer. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. In other words, without the sacrifice, you cannot be holy. If only we will pick up this call to suffer, our homes will change. Our church will change. Our ministry will change. Our character will change. Our finances will change. Our grades will change. Our service will change. The call to suffer. Number five. Is it four or five? I'm closing. Call to be blessed. That one we like it. Amen. They're called to be blessed. That one we like it. Oh, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed. 
That one, charismatics, we are specialized in it. <laughs> Isaiah 51 verse 2, it says, Look to Abraham, your father, and Sarah that bore you. I called him alone, and I blessed him, and I increased him. Genesis 12, 1, the Lord has said to Abraham, Get thee out of your country, and your kindred, and your father's house, unto a land that I will show you, and I will bless you. Genesis 24 verse 1, Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and God had blessed him in all things. God never called anybody to curse a person. When God calls you, he calls you to bless you. The call to be blessed. May you receive a major blessing. May people give to you. Amen. May somebody give you love. Amen. And marriage. Amen. And peace. Amen. And wisdom. Amen. May your children be blessed. Amen. May they be healthy. Amen. This year, a man called me. His son had died in the hospital. He said to me, Prophet, my son is dead. The doctors have written his death certificate. He said, They have left. He said, I want you to pray with me. I said, don't worry. God raises the dead. Amen. Do you think it's a strange thing that God can raise the dead? Paul said to Agrippa. He said, do you think that it's a strange thing that God can raise the dead? So I told the man, let's pray. We prayed. After about five minutes, the man called me back. He said, my son has come back to life. Amen. God bless his people. And tonight you are about to be blessed. Amen. God blesses people. Amen. Because he's good. Amen. May God bless you. Amen. May he bless all your children. Amen. May you be free from sickness. Amen. May you have money in your pocket. Amen. May he give you a job. Amen. May he roll away every stone. May he take away every difficulty Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessed. Amen. The, most, the highest blessings in the world, they are invisible. The highest blessings in the world, they are invisible. When they told the married couple they were going to get married, and they said, I should say something. And I said, I want you to know that a good marriage is an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere. A good marriage is not money. Money is important, but it's not money. It's an atmosphere. An atmosphere of love, peace, and joy. If you are married and you have love, peace, and joy, you have a good marriage. Because you can have a lot of money and not have love, peace, and joy. You will be a wretched person. I said, a good marriage is an atmosphere. In the world, love, peace, and joy is the fruit of the spirit. So God can dissipate that thing in your house. You feel loved. You have peace. You have joy. Amen. It's an atmosphere. Amen. And the Holy 
Spirit is the only one who can create that atmosphere. It all comes from the blessings of God. Number six. We are closing. Five. Oh, really? Call to the ministry. You see, as you are responding to all these invitations, you are changing. You are changing into the image of Christ. Ephesians 4.11, it says, And he gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did he make them so? The five primary ministry gifts. This is why God created them. For the perfecting of the saints, so that the church members will grow. Or the maturing of the saints. So when they grow, what happens? For the work of the ministry. So that the people in the church will do a particular job. What job is this? What's the job description? For the edifying. Edifying means to build of the body of Christ. So listen. The church of God is building something. We are not building a car. We are not building a computer. We are not building a house. We are building a body. Whose body are we building? We are not building your grandmother's body. We are building an image. That body or image we are building is the image of Christ. So after all our singing, our worship, our preaching, we must be building something. At the end of the day, Christ must be standing there. The image of God. So even the ministry work comes to the same place. We are building somebody. Not just anybody. Christ. Verse 13 says, Till we all come, everybody in the church, from the keyboardist to the young person to the pastors to the prayer warriors, in the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God, everybody, unto a perfect man. He said, everybody's supposed to be like a certain man. What man is this? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So everybody looks like Jesus. Yeah. We are not just preaching for preaching's sake. We are preaching to ten people to look like Jesus. That was why God created man. Let us make man in our image. So, when we even do God's work and we don't come up with that end product, something is wrong. How can a car assembly plant after we assemble everything, rather we see a bicycle? Something is wrong. Because we are not here to produce bicycles. We are here to produce cars. So after all our singing, after all our worship, after all our tithing, after all our prayer, if we don't look like Jesus, we have missed the point. Completely. That's why I said, even the ministry work is a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. 
Very important that we must do the ministry work. But remember, it's work. But what work is it? The image of God. The image of God. The pastors must look like Christ. Choristers must look like Christ. Shepherds must look like Christ. Husbands must look like Christ. Wives, Christ. Children, Christ. Everybody must look like Jesus. That's why when we get to heaven, there are no pastors. There are no churches. There are no apostles. There is no altar call. There is no church. There is no teacher. There is nothing like that. When we are in heaven, First John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Once we become like him, we don't need the pastors anymore. We don't need the apostles anymore. We don't need the prophets anymore. We don't need the worship leaders anymore. Because the reason why God created man has been restored. Man looks just like Jesus. And the final call, which I close, is a call to glory. That's when you die. Sometimes on funeral posters you see the call to glory. When you die at the resurrection, that is when you are transformed 100%. First Corinthians 15 verse 42, it says, this body is sown in corruption, it will be raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. The raised a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse 50 says, This I say unto you, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You can't get to heaven with your normal body like this. You must look like Jesus. This I say, we shall not all sleep. In the moment, in the twinkling of the eye, at the last trump, the trumpets shall sound, and we shall all be changed. This corruptible must be turned in corruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Then we are changed 100% into the reason why God created us in the first place. Let us make man in our image. So as I close, don't let's get so absorbed with the means we have even forgotten the end. Why we are doing what we are doing. The means is important, but don't let's forget the end. So I see a lot of Christians walking around. Serving God is good, but they don't look like Jesus. If you do that, you have missed the point. 
Imagine that you are from Sierra Leone. Your husband is from Guinea. And your wife has given birth at the hospital. You're going to bring the baby home. You go to where the babies are. They say, this is your baby. You look down into the court. A Chinese boy is lying there. He says, meow. (laughs) Sipping his feeding bottle. And they say, this is your baby. You will say, how come? My wife is from Sierra Leone. I am from Guinea. We are all black people. Where did this Chinese baby come from? I don't think you will take that baby home. You will say, I reject this baby. I don't know this baby from anywhere. When God comes back, he's coming for his children. And I pray that when he looks into the court, he will not see a Chinese baby. Meow. He said, hey, who is this? He wants his children to be like him. When we shall see him, we shall be like him. Because he's our daddy. He's our daddy. He's our daddy. If he's our daddy, then we must look just like him. Then he will pick us up and say, oh, that's my baby. And he will take us back to heaven to be Look at you and say, my neighbor. Who do you look like? Your mother? Your father? Your auntie? Or like Jesus? When people see you, say, oh, you really look like your mother. When they see you, say, hey, you look like Jesus. That's the purpose. The invitation. I close here. If you read the book, there is another call in heaven. It's in my book. I went to heaven and an angel was escorting me around. And that's when I understood that call. In heaven, there's another call. All these calls, they are on the earth. But there are two calls that occur. One before you are born and one after you die. In heaven, not all of us will go to the same place. Oh, yeah, yeah. We will have access to the same place. We will have different treatments. But time will not allow me to talk about that call. Like, I will tell about the angel who took me to heaven and what I saw. What I saw there. And the scriptures that I saw and the explanations that I received. I realized that, no. We, we shouldn't joke here. We must be serious. We will all go to heaven. When we are born again, we know the Lord. But when we get there, there are are certain places you cannot go unless you have been called or invited. There are certain events you cannot attend unless you have been called or you have been invited. It's the last chapter of my book. Very powerful. Stand to your feet. Let's close. I want you to pray for yourself. 
You know, I believe as I was preaching, God has spoken to you. God has spoken to you. I believe God has spoken to you. I believe God has spoken to you. Pray for yourself. The call of God, the invitation. There are several calls, of which the call to the ministry is one of them. And the ultimate purpose of the call of God is to look like Jesus. That's the ultimate purpose. I want you to examine your life. I believe the Holy Ghost was talking to you when I was preaching. I want you to pray for yourself.
saw something like popcorn all over. But I've seen that thing before. One day I had a vision. In the vision, I was in our church. And the church was filled with some whitey substance. It looked like popcorn. After about this height. All of them. And I saw an angel standing in the midst of the popcorn. What looked like popcorn. So I asked the angel, what is this? And he just said to me in the vision, he said, this is spiritual manner. And he said to me, that the word that you preach here will be like manna. And he said to me, people will come from everywhere to come and eat this manna. And he said to me, as they are eating the manna, God will bless and strengthen them. So when we're singing this song, I saw this same popcorn again. It looks like popcorn. But it was in the bowl. And then I asked the Holy Spirit, what is this? Then they said to me, this is spiritual man. Spiritual food. Man did eat angels' food. And I said, what is the purpose? Then he said to me, what you are preaching about, you need spiritual strength to be able to do it. Paul prayed for the church of Colossae. He said, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. He said, I pray that God will strengthen you. So he said to me, I am distributing this spiritual manner to my people. And he said to me, as it enters them, they will be strong spiritually. And they will be able to respond to the various invitations. Tonight, the first thing that God is going to do is to bring down spiritual strength. Amen. Everyone here is going to be strengthened. Amen. God is going to touch your spirit. Jesus. Something will change. Amen. You will become stronger in the inner man. Amen. Because of that spiritual strength, Things that used to overcome you, you would rather overcome them. Yeah. Are you ready to receive strength? Yeah. Then lift up your two hands and close your eyes. The Holy Ghost is here already. This bowl I saw, I saw the bowl, I see the bowl 